following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Bullshit and energy! It's always rebels on top, baby! But we keep the format anyway! T.T. Schmook is a robot sex bot Stinky stinks so bad he smells We take turns choosing the games that we review Even Mario's Hotel! Come on, characters, nobody likes you! Let desire fuel your confidence! And we will go. Keep with the bird, evil. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Arcade Weekly. And guess what? Pack month. Waka 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 waka. I wait all year just to hear those wakas. And this year you get <laughs> second a, annual. Yeah, pack second month. annual and five five pack monthies in the Too shows. Much pack month. Was did last year hit five episodes as well? I think it did. Yeah. Damn. Think, this month. I think is, we saved. Uh, Pac-Man, or Pac-Man, Pokemon, yeah. 2000 Genie for the last episode yeah. of that, that month. That, I think that's still going to be on the cover art for, for these. That's just a, How when, could it not? When Pokemon's writing on Puckman's back, I mean, you just can't get better than that. It's adorbs. It is adorbs. I am Wiggly. On the uh, Skype pipe is Kyle Von Kubik. This is what my voice sounds like. It is. Yeah. Oh, shit. In the booth, of course, as always, Mr. Anilay. Mr. Anilay. Mahalo. I don't know if he knows what that means. That's I okay. Must. I like saying it. He ever must. since I left, I haven't heard it. Ever since? Oh, ever since you left Hawaii. Yes. Hawaii. Hawaii. Did you like the Big Island? Small Island. Big Island was excellent. Did you like the Black Sand Beach? I did. Did you like lava? I did. Yeah. Lava. I saw it. Awesome. Creeping. Did you like the broads? Oh, yeah. Looking good. My wife looked fantastic. I bet. Did you see any Hawaii Five-O being filmed? Oh, my God, unfortunately. You did? Yeah, they shut down one of the interstates, and it oh. messed up one of the tours we were on, and it was a big deal. That was in Honolulu. Then, right outside our hotel, they were shooting, and uh, Jin and uh, Hurley from Lost were there. I don't know the Hawaii Five O show, but oh, the guys, you know, from Lost, I know. So yeah. they were there and they were shooting at like a, a crab shack or something. Oh, Battlestar, the, the one girl from Battlestar is on that as well. I like that show. It gets a little A-teamy. I think I mentioned this before. Um, however, what I do is I watch one McGarrett, you know, one, uh, one old episode. Yeah. With a Jack Lord hair. And then I watch a newer episode. And so I like to alternate between the originals and the new ones. And I like that they change the name by changing the O to a zero in the new one. That's mm. the name change. 
instead of making it, you know, the new Hawaii Five O or calling it the same damn thing, which is so confusing. They did call it the same thing, but it's an O in the original and a zero in the new one. And they have five people on their team, and that's how they got the Five O, even though. 5 was a name for fuzz. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's get back If it was released in 1998, it would have been Hawaii 2.0 because <laughs> that was very been. popular. It would have been. <laughs> so let's get into our pack month. Yeah, pack month blowing up across social media. Make sure you hashtag your favorite Pac-Man things with the hashtag pack month hashtag. Indeed. And what about our buddies at 8-Bit? 8-Bit Geek jumping in headfirst into pack month with us. Check those guys out. The8bitgeek.com. I believe it's the same uh, name on Twitter. Yeah. I, right I follow now. them. They follow us. They follow us. That's how that works. You follow. Follow, follow. Follow leader. Leader of the gang? Yeah. So let's talk about amazing games, maze games. You know what? This is going to be rough because, uh, number one, I forgot what game we're doing. Uh, Heine Company Alien or something. Uh, spoiler alert. Basically, I'll give some maze game making mechanics initially, as mm. far as I can recall them. Of course, starting in 200 AD with uh, the Minotaur in the Labyrinth. And then going to the uh, 1776 wooden labyrinth that you would tilt. And then, of course, the labyrinth in Labyrinth. Jennifer Connelly Jennifer and Con- David Bowie's da- package. David Bowie's package. Oh, Sarah, what have you done? And don't go that way. If she would have went that way, she would have went right to the castle. Um, but I won't start with those, although I mentioned them all already. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong. Okay. I'm pretty sure that Gotcha 1973 Atari is the first mazy type of game. Mm. Now, Gotcha had, of course, a hot broad on the cover. And she's displaying the game Gotcha. And all you see is the name Gotcha on top of yeah. the, the arcade game. And the guy's like, grabbing like, her in one of the advertisements from like, No, he's gotcha. like grabbing her waist from behind or something. I gotcha. And this arcade title, Gotcha, is also notorious for having the booby controls. It did have the booby controls. I forgot about that. Yeah, and Thank then you. later on they took the fake boobies away and it was just two joysticks. Now, if you don't know what this game is, it's two pixels on screen. And I mean, they are tiny. One is like a triangular pixel and the other one is just a incredibly tiny. You might need a magnifying glass. And yeah. what moves on this game is the maze pieces. They'll move down the screen. Some blocks of mazes will move down the screen and form different maze patterns. Is that the tambourine? (laughs) Sorry about that. I like it. So you're this one dot, and you try to wiggle your way through this changing semi-maze. It's just like a bunch of spaghetti, I think. Yeah. Square spaghetti. And then you try to tag... The uh, triangle or the dot one. You're the triangle, I think. And I, either way, it doesn't really fucking matter. It's a piece of shit game. Uh, <laughs> so have fun with that. So that was 73. And I think 76, that's the spirit, was Amazing Maze by Midway. And that one was really a maze, like a crossword. Like, you know, a maze that you do in a... get through a maze. Yeah. It's sort of like these shitty jigsaw puzzle games. You play on your CDI and your computer, (laughs) 
and your iPad where you try to put a jigsaw puzzle together. If we don't I talk mean, about the CDI, the 3DO, <laughs> Hitler, or racism in video games, it's not We Talk Games. It's not We Talk Games. And, of course, Turbo Graphics. I don't understand the people that want to play puzzles on their thing. It's a puzzle to go. Listen, if you're playing puzzles, just get out the card table and keep the puzzle going in. Put glue on it. Hang it on your wall. Eat your half a pie. Uh, eat your half a pie. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we don't need puzzles on our computer. and It's, it's too easy. All you have to do is just move your mouse with the puzzle piece over your thing, and then the thing will light up underneath your puzzle piece, and then you drop it there. The worst is the games with the hint. <laughs> it just shows you what piece. I'm going to take you one hint. <laughs> I have three lifelines. This is the Sarah Palin jigsaw puzzle. On a side note, can I expound upon what we're doing this month just a little bit? Oh, yeah. So Last year for Pac Month, yeah. we talked about Pac Man games. Now, this year, we, we kind of like went through just about every Pac-Man game you could talk about <laughs> wow. for the arcade, right? Well, yeah. For the most part. Now, for the arcade, yeah. Yeah, for the arcade. Except we didn't do Professor Pac-Man. We, we avoided <laughs> But we didn't do the challenge, the uh, Battle Royale. Yeah, that's it. Pac-Man yeah. Battle Royale, which, which is it, awesome. I think, I think it's still floating around the Dave and Busters. That would be fantastic. I mean, that's fantastic because you're on white like television. That game. You eat each other. I love it. But I, I really, really like Pac-Man versus for the GameCube. I think that is like, aside from the new ones that came out, the um, Pac-Man Championship Edition. Yeah, yeah. That GameCube game just for a party game yeah. is excellent. I know you um, like that one. But we went through a lot of the classic arcade games last year. Now, this year, what we're doing is we're talking about the games that were inspired by Pac-Man. But to kick off this year, we're going to talk about a game that may have been an influence of Pac-Man. Now, you talked about two arcade games that involve a maze. But the game we're talking about today, He and Co. Alien, 1979, by the University of Tokyo, their theoretical science group, mm -hmm. is one of the earliest games I could find where there were enemies involved in the maze with you and you had to mitigate them. Very similar to Pac-Man with the ghosts. Right How on. you mitigate them in this game is much different. And this game actually might have inspired some other arcade games that you and I are both familiar with. Right. Yeah, definitely. We didn't have making mechanics last year. So that's why I sort of want to just yeah. do these prequels to Pac-Man Mazey type of game. Sure, sure. And I mean, you are collecting dot, a dot in uh, Amazing Maze by Midway. There's one dot and then you race your friend with your little triangle ship through this actual <laughs> crossword book maze to try to get to that dot first. So that mm -hmm. has, you know, a little bit of... It has a little bit of your versus Pac-Man in it, except incredibly simple with one color, green. <laughs> um, and I believe it is a vector game as well. So I want to just do these prequels. I won't have to do them on the next episodes. Most of them will be sequels to right. uh, Pac-Man games, but wanted to mention that there's also... Um, I just didn't want to hear from Adam saying, you're not even talking about Pac-Man games. <laughs> I love you, Adam. He's a goof. I really thought I was going to hear about it from the Pick It a Buck episode where I mentioned action role-playing games being a subgenre of role-playing games. Like, well, why do you say action role-playing games? Yeah, but you still call role-playing games role-playing games. We did this already. <laughs> and, of course, in 1983, you also had Journey, which I believe oh. the Steve Perry <laughs> level was, uh, was amazed. Let's not talk about Journey. <laughs> if you didn't know, Journey ruined... Uh, 
Kyle's Christmas, and I have to bring this up as often as possible. It really did. I mean, I'm I'm five or six years old, and all my friends have their NES, Nintendos. They're playing Super Mario Brothers 2 and having a blast, and I have an Atari, and I'm getting Journey for the Atari for Christmas. And uh, it sucked. But I will tell you, a good friend of mine sent me that one February 7th, and I appreciated it so much more. A boxed copy of uh, Journey for the Atari 2600. That was hard to find. Manual and everything. That was hard to find. I loved it. Let me ask you this. I'm not fortunate enough to have played the Atari 2600 version of it. In the arcade game, their black and white heads were put on these sprites. What, what's yeah. it like in the 2600 he, version? He looks like Pitfall Harry. Okay. Yeah, okay. If, if you can picture that sprite, that's basically what it is. I think the colors are different. You know, his shirt might be blue and pants red or something like that. Sure, sure. Oh, but as far- the stuff you're dodging oh. on the screen is fuck all confusing. It's hearts <laughs> with legs and yeah. a guy with a top hat. I'm really familiar with this game. Yeah. We've talked about this in the past. When I was younger, you got a game for Christmas. Right. You didn't get several games. You got a game. And yeah. for your birthday, you got a game. So maybe at best, with all your relatives combined, you got four new games a year, and you were stuck with these fucking games. Yeah, yeah, and that's a lot, even. I just thought of uh, another one um, where you're munching on dots. And it's also a two-player game if you want. You can also play a computer. It was Sega's head-on. Also, I think it was called Space Attack. Uh, and, of course, that spawned a lot of other games. That was 1979, and you, you know what that is, right? It's just a series of lines, and you're a race car, and there's dots on the screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've played this. Yeah, you can move in and out between these increasingly tighter line of rectangles until yeah. you eat all the the dots and you try not to crash into the other car there were a lot of versions that i don't know what the first version of it was but i'm but that was 1979 what when did pa- when did pac-man come out 80 pac-man came out in 1980 okay also in 1980 was rally x but that was also by namco and mm-hmm. that was pretty similar as well you went around in a maze you were a car uh, yeah. and you did different things and you had a weapon but so a weapon sort of plays into this title. So that's why I bring up Rally X in 1980. When did uh, when did our tiny company alien come out? He and co alien came out in 1979, although ah. it, 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 that's it's a gray area because it was developed in a university. So it was put on a mainframe computer in people's spare time. They put this thing together and then eventually it spread out from the university and uh, got picked up by a couple different companies. I guess the most notable company was Sega, who turned the game into 1980s Digger, which just changed some sprites around a little bit, particularly the alien sprites, and turned them into these arachnoid spiders. Mm-hmm. But it was essentially the same game. So in uh, Hian Co. Alien, you are playing a Hian period police officer, which is one of these feudal eras in Japan. Yeah. And you're armed with a shovel. Yes, you are. And you navigate a maze. Which, you look like you're uh, wearing a dress. I thought you were a girl. Now, which version are you talking about? The original arcade version. Because in the original arcade version, you could barely make out he's a man. (laughs) Well, that's what I mean. So I thought it was a skirt. You know, it's it's, it's like, you know, it's like 15 pixels put together. So I thought it was a skirt. But then we later find out that it's a feudal Japanese type of outfit when we can see the remake version. We'll talk about that. Right. And uh, he's protecting what would be called modern day Kyoto. 
from an alien invasion. And at the beginning of the title screen, you'll see a little UFO come in and drop all the aliens down there. These little red creatures, these, these sort of, they're kind of like Pac-Man. They got, you know, little munchy mouths mm-hmm. and uh, the way you defeat them. And I have no idea why this happens, or maybe this is the, uh, the prequel to dig Doug. You go through the town and you dig holes and the aliens will fall into the holes and then you bury them in the dirt and they're no longer a problem. Evidently. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, this might be the dead. prequel to Dig Dug because then uh, Dig Dug's got to go down there and take care of this. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, But what's interesting about the mechanic is while you can box yourself in, mm-hmm. in the maze, by you, there's no limitation on how many times you can dig holes, but you can't walk past the holes that you dig. You have to fill them back up. You got to fill them back up to get over them. So there's a couple things that happen. If you box yourself into the corner, the aliens are going to stay away from you. Mm-hmm. And if you wait too long, the game is going to dump dozens and dozens of these aliens <laughs> into the into the maze. And it's going to be very hard to mitigate them because what happens is one will fall into the hole. And if you don't bury him quickly enough, he'll jump out and blow fire at you, I think, is the animation that's happening. Yeah. And then you turn into an angel. Yeah. Ten times the size of any sprite on the screen and and just shoot straight up to the top. And and you have an actual block in back. Like the, yes. the pixels of, is very rendered, but there's a giant rectangular block that the angel's like laying on. The graphics are very rudimentary and they remind me of the ZX Spectrum mm-hmm. in their simplicity. There is no music on the version I played or sound effects. It is a silent game. It's credited as being one of the earliest survival horror games. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going. I think that's a little hubris uh, right yeah. there. That's that's like calling a bowling ball one of the first submarine sandwiches. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think it definitely is one of the earliest maze chase games that involve numerous enemies that you have to mitigate. Yeah. And, and it, that's where the connection to Pac-Man happens. Definitely. And it wouldn't be until 1987 that we would get a fully realized version of this game by our favorite company, Nichibutsu, <laughs> which as soon as I saw this game, I thought Crater Maze, you know, because I'm a huge TurboGrafx fan, if you didn't know that. And Crater Maze was one of my favorite games. And this was back in the day when I would call up Turbo Graphics in the United <laughs> States. Now, you didn't call NEC. You called uh, the I can't remember their name. It wasn't Turbo Zone. Uh, boy, fuck. Anyway, uh, I would call them up and talk about, well, hey, what game's coming out when and what's the release date for this and that. And I was like, Crater Maze, what's that? He goes, it's like Pac Man with a weapon, and that has stuck with me for mm. all these years, you know, because that's what it was. You dug a hole, an alien would fall in it, and then you bury him back up in crater maze there would be a little a little cross <laughs> where you buried the, <laughs> the poor guy yeah but nichibutsu in 1987 came out with um kid no hori hori daisuken oh, of course daisi oh there's more daisik daisikusen that's it of course there's yeah. more yeah, I and then we, i remember people saying why don't you talk about booby kids for the famicom <laughs> and that's what eventually became crater maze and in fact on the famicom it got branded with dory amen if you know dory amen he's that little blue penguiny looking guy 
played a lot of Dory Amon games, but it, it was so watered down because you didn't kill cops. You, you know, <laughs> in, in the original, uh, in the original Nichibutsu one, you would bury Ice cops. Ice-T put this game out? Yeah, you, would, you would bury cops and robbers and dinosaurs, and there's all different themes for this. But very interesting. I'll let you get into the more rudimentary games. I know that you have a lot of those, but I, you know, I'm so excited about Crater, Crater Maze and talking about that. Crater Maze, you, you'll want to get for your TurboGrafx-16. Now, the Nichibutsu game was a lot faster, but it starred a lot of the same characters. You just didn't do as much. The Nichibutsu game, I really recommend because it has elements of mappy in it. You can open doors and slam them into people. It has... Uh, bombs and different things like that. A lot of people compare it to to fucking Bomberman. It's not. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. But you can jump on people's heads to destroy them. There are these trampoline spring boxes, I guess. They're just like spring boxes. And when you you stand on that, you have four directions that you could go. And then you do a flip like a crazy nut, whichever direction you pick. And you can go over maze walls, you can land on top of people's heads. Crater Maze, you do a lot more flips in in the original Nichibutsu one. I'm just going to call it the Nichibutsu one because I can't pronounce. Kid no hori hori daisakusen. Yeah, just pronounce it. So there's a lot of elements of different games in the Nichibutsu ones. And you do have the doors in the the, uh, Crater Maze, but Nichibutsu moves a lot faster. You have a lot more enemies and it is missing flying up to heaven as an angel. Crater maze, you fly up to heaven as an angel. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's obviously drawing from Hino Hainu Alien. He and Co Alien. Yeah, I know. Right. It's one of these games that people would come in and ask for at the toy store. <laughs> Mom, please yeah. get me Hino Hini Hini Alien. Now, when you worked at KB, did you ever push this on anybody? I did. All Red right. Box did it work? And everything. Um, yeah. And I don't know why. I said, I said, I did say it was Pac-Man. We're talking about uh, the Game Boy version of the He and Co. Alien. But yeah. before we jump into that, yeah. some games that this game reminded me of was 1980 Space Panic. This is not an over-the-head view, but more of a platformer, you know, climbing the girders view. Uh-huh, right, sure. But it's the same idea where you dig holes to bury aliens, which also reminds me, of course, of 1983's Load Runner. Sure, sure. And then, you know, as far as Maze Chase goes, I also got a vibe of Mousetrap in there, but that goes along with 1980s Pac-Man. And of course, I already touched on it, 1982's Dig Dug. If any of these games make your ears come up a little bit, perhaps you would want to check this game out in its original form Mm -hmm. just for, you know, seeing where the genre came from, you know, seeing one of those earliest games of that genre gives you an idea of how things were expounded upon afterwards. Now I'd like to talk about though the Game Boy variant of He and Co. Alien, because for me, this came out in 1990 by Meldak, the planet that Alf came from. <laughs> the Game Boy variant of this game reminded me... Not, not like they're the same game, but Lock and Chase for the arcade mm-hmm. was an was an okay game, mm-hmm. and it, it dealt with gates and, and locking things behind you. I think Ladybug's a better game than Lock and Chase, but Lock and Chase on the Game Boy, I feel, is a great Game Boy title. 
because it's a great game to play on the go. And it's also a better version of Lock and Chase than the original Lock and Chase because of just little incremental changes that they did just to improve upon the game mechanic, which the uh, 1990 version of Hianco Alien benefited from being on the Game Boy. Most specifically, graphic improvements where now you can see that your character is uh, Hian period police officer dressed in appropriate attire. There's two different aliens in there. One's faster than the other. One looks like Audrey the third or second from Little Shop of Horrors, and the other one looks <laughs> more like a goober that you'd see in Dr. Mario with antennae and a Pac-Man type mouth. They did a um, great job, I think, with that artwork for the Game Boy. It's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, there's, I have an affection towards Game Gear and Game Boy because I spent a lot of time with those two systems. Sure. And you got to appreciate when you see good, because there was a lot of bad artwork on there, mm. like Batman for the Game Boy. I enjoyed that game, mm-hmm. but the artwork was junk. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe it's because it's, it's a different game altogether. I, like this is more um, controlled environments as opposed to doing a, a sprawling platformer like a Batman or like a Super Mario Land. And the Game Boy also has the original version on there as well. Yes, the cartridge does have the original version. The music is probably one of my favorite Game Boy soundtracks of all time. And I didn't know that until playing it again recently. I was like, this is good music. And you talk about earliest survival horror game. Well, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. I do feel like that music has a good creepy air about it. Just those little improvements make this game really enjoyable. I think, believe it or not, spinach green color or Super Game Boy overlays or whatever, that is probably the best version of the game. And I really dig the box art for the cartridge. And that would be the (laughs) only way I think I could sell this game to a parent is be like, look at this monster coming out of the ground. Yeah, all in red. Of all red box, you know, I, years I, before Virtual Boy, and I think that's what I think. Hey, someone leaked about the Virtual Boy being coming out. Let's bring this out and put it just in a red box, and they're going to think I could play this on my Virtual Boy. <laughs> I don't know. I dig it. I think it's cool looking. That game and Newbie Bungu's Admission were some of the games that we had at uh, KB to try to push off on people for five bucks or whatever they were. <laughs> Another port that I got to play was the Super Famicom Nitsi Butsu Arcade Classics 2 Ianco Alien. Wow. It is not a compilation card. It is simply that game (laughs) with four different variants. One being the original. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Three variants. One being original, one being a graphical update, and another another one being a versus mode. So you and a friend can play together. Well, that wasn't unusual for back then. I remember getting for the TurboGrafx. I couldn't wait for Space Invaders to come out. And Mm. here I get it. And uh, you could play uh, the, the black and white Space Invaders or you could play it with the simulated color overlay. And I was like, oh, my God, I just paid $90 for this. (laughs) I can make it look like the cocktail table. But that's what they used to do when they would re-release a game. I can't think of there's another game exactly like that. And oh, well, uh, when Bonk came out for the PlayStation, basically, you know, it was Bonk and it had like some textures on them. Yeah, and that that was it. I can't believe that I forgot to mention uh, Sunsoft's, talking about Pac-Man maze games, Sunsoft, you you brought up 
<laughs> you brought up uh, Batman. The PC Engine in 1990 had uh, Sunsoft created Batman for the PC Engine, and that's another game. I was like, man, you see the Genesis with their graphics on the Batman. He's all big, throwing batarangs around. And then I get this, and, and, and it's fucking Pac-Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, a Batman is Pac-Man. Let me just go on record, too, with this uh, Nitsi Butsu cartridge for yeah. the Super Nintendo yeah, or Super hear Famicom. This. Worst version of the game. Oh, it controls terribly. It really, oh. it, it's too slidey. It does not control well. The original game controls a hell of a lot better than that, which is why I go back to saying, if you're going to play this and you, you need sort of a graphical improvement, check out the Game Boy version. Yeah, that is really good. And, uh, you know, if you go back to the original, how hard was it to dig a hole? You had to really dig. Oh, yeah, to and hammer on the in. buttons. That's the one thing I will say about the original game. You got your quarter's worth. Oh. You were on one screen for an hour, <laughs> but you got your quarter's worth. Yeah. The maze was so big, and they put so few aliens in the beginning. Uh-huh. And there's just four of them, I think. And, and you're just trying to wrangle them in, and you don't want to get too close. Because while you do have, quote-unquote, a weapon, it's a defensive weapon. It's not an offensive Until weapon. Until they fall so in. And then it's until offensive. they fall in, you can bury them. But it's not like a projectile or something. But like you don't feel safe because if you're if you don't dig the hole, there's three uh, sizes of the hole, and the the third size is the biggest, which right, means the right. hole's the deepest. If you only dig a little bit of hole, they drop in and then they pop back out, or they then, eat it. Yeah, or they eat it. Yeah, or you eat it when they come after you and they <laughs> eat you. One thing I forgot to mention about Crater Maze for the uh, Turbo Graphics 1990 is that you fight bosses as well, which is very cool. And you also get those, I used to mark out for the TurboGrafx stories in the beginning. And it's a really neat little story about the uh, Crater Maze Man going, uh, uh, <laughs> taking a trip with his buddies through time aboard his magic carpet ship. And then they, they meet, you know, some of the bosses and they fly out. And now, now Crater Maze guy has to go around. Risky challenge happens. and Yeah, it's all bad. That was by Hudson, buddy. Huddy, son. Yeah. I say play the Game Boy version of this. I say play the arcade version. I say yeah. play the Nichibutsu version. Haney ko, haney ho, haney, haney, haney. Make a look a high, make a honey ho. Yeah. And then play Crater Maze for your, uh, for your TG-16. That's what I say. Because it's a fun game. We don't talk about fun games on here a lot. <laughs> fun games. You know, it's, it's a fun mechanic. Fun games fall flat. We're better with the shitty games. A lot more entertaining. Oh, and the goal of Crater Maze and the Nichibutsu game is to collect all the treasure chests, items in there, and then you can get a key to open a door to leave. So I guess that's how it's sort of like Bomberman. Mm. But, uh, you know, it looks like Bomberman, but it's, it's really not. It's really more Pac-Man with a shovel and some weapons and a trampoline. So you get all those things. You get the, the, the trampoline from Mappy. You get the door opening thing from Mappy. Yeah. And then Pac-Man-y things. And you, you start get, to see the crossover of these ideas as yeah. we progress through the decades. Or and, the decade, I should say. And surprisingly, even though it rips off so many things, it's probably one of the more original Nichibutsu games that I've uh, played. Even though it rips off all these things. Yeah. It puts them together in a way that really works. Sticking with Pack Month, we got even more exciting news. Hey, you remember our pal Ron Gayat? The, the reimaginings of existing games like Halo, 
right? Halo, he did. Yeah, he's got this beautiful Art oh. Deco style that he does. He did a bunch of posters, uh, and he Great donated a bunch artists. for the Co-op for Kids charity yeah, movement yeah, that we yeah. did a while back. Well, guess what? He heard about Pack Month. He's excited about it. He just released a brand new Art Deco style Pac-Man poster. Waka waka. Waka waka's right. And here's the deal. He's doing a limited edition variant, a screen printed poster. And these are expensive yeah. just to get done. I know because I'm in the industry. Right. Halleck You're in the Gold Pac-Man Inc. industry. Yeah, I'm in the printing industry. <laughs> oh. And getting a screen printed poster is not an easy job to do. No. These are really special. There are only 100 of them. They'll all be signed and numbered. 16 inches by 24 inches. Nice size poster. A metallic gold variant of this Art Deco style. This Pac-Man poster he did. We'll say he did it for Pac-Month. He did. Yeah. Well, he I is can't believe how generous two. he is. The people that we attract to the show are just fantastic. Great. So he's given us two of these posters to mm. give away on, on the air, mm. and we'll be doing it this month. Yeah. And there's two ways to do it. Go on Twitter. Use the hashtag PacMonth. Tell us about your favorite Pac-Man game. Post a video uh, of you playing your favorite Pac-Man game, maybe a, re- a review of your blog. Just use that hashtag in some capacity and give us some content involved with Pac-Month or which Maze Chase games you like, which you don't, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Points for creativity. Yeah. The other way to do it, like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash WTG podcast, and share one of the Pac-Month posts with your newsfeed to your I friends. I like that. That's easy. Just easier. click the share, yeah. and you're entered to win. Yeah, even- And toward the end of the month, we'll announce the winners, and it's only two people are going to get one of these 100 limited edition prints. And they don't even have to share one. They'll each get one. They'll each get one. Be sure to check out Ron Guyat. Show some appreciation to Ron. He's always involved here and there with the show. He likes the show. We like him. We love the art. And this is really cool of him to do this. He reached out to us, and we really appreciate it. This is something you can hang on your wall. It would take a person a second to go, oh, hey, that's Dead Space. Right. And support us. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, because all month long, there's going to be lots of things happening, and we're going to be talking about other people inside our network and outside our network who are getting involved with Pack Month. And don't forget about Giant Media Ball. Please, subscribe to that. You get everybody. You get things from Ireland. That's far away. If you were subscribed to Giant Media Ball, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the cat out of the bag with this one. Yeah. You got to listen to the We Talk Games Ask the Video Game Millionaires show premiere before subscribers to the We Talk Games. That's the- true. It was only a few minutes, but besides that, you got to listen to it first. (laughs) You will hear it there first for those specialty shows. And those specialty shows might become Giant Media Ball exclusives, like Ask the Video Game Millionaires. I don't know about Pick It a Buck, because that still has We Talk Games in front of it, but Ask the Video Game Millionaires is called Ask the Video Game Millionaires. So it might go to a Giant Media Ball-only program. And now here's T.T. Schmookins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am Titty Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. What's your pack a month? Clue for next week. We do this show weekly? What are we, nuts? Oh my gosh. We are nuts. Holy crap. And we're adding more We Talk game shows into the fold. We are crazy. This is nuts. 
We, I got a mortgage to pay. Yeah, other things. Yeah. Things I, I don't say. even want to give a clue. I just want to say the title of this game. <laughs> uh, you can give an Atumwa clue. I can give an Atumwa clue. Yeah. Let's all go down to the local come and go. There you go. Um, my clue is going to be I have volume eight of this porno. <laughs> Hey, uh, good luck for us getting a half hour of next week's show. Take care, everybody. Remember, keep gaming, and uh, porcupines are your friends. I don't know. Goodbye. with my contact or my source who is, whose name, or let us say whose identity is Corton, K-O-R-T-O-N. <laughs> this is Central Control. This is Central Control. Stand by. Information to follow. We are ready to transmit. We are ready to transmit. This is the voice of Instruct Relay Automatic in and for the planet you of the Earth called Jupiter. On behalf of the Honorable Court on Representative, we are ready to begin with that information which we have for these individuals in this time period. Let us begin with the individuals to the forefront of the instrument. Corton, um, some people have, I've been speaking to suggested that there's uh, major cataclysms underway, possible alien invasion or Earth We invasion. should state, um, we would rather that um, individuals do not dwell upon um, the negative aspects um, of that which um, is as yet only um, a premise. Am I going to experience any travel problems, any mishaps on the road or in the air? There may be some problems having to do with weather. We are given no authorization for information. Does Corton have any message for the viewers of BBC Two? We greet you in peace, son. What are the chances that I'll actually be able to go and see a mutilated cow in person for this program with Chris O'Brien? In order to do so, um, you may talk to one. A given individual um, in that area you term um, Alamosa, Colorado um, Is that understood? Um? Understood, yes. We have nothing further for these individuals um, in this time period. Um, discontinue. Discontinue. I want you to feel something. Feel something. Yeah. Put your hand right into here. Put your hand right here. Where? Here? Right, just rub your hand up now. On the beam. Yeah, a lot of sweat. Yeah. 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 The energy beam.
Deep.